Good morning. Uh, last week, we were, we were talking about the, the goal that we had for 2011. And the goal was to know the vision and to do the vision. And the vision is to be connected to God, to the body, to a ministry, and to the world. And we said the backdrop of that would be for the glory of God. And we talked about the glory of God last week. And we said that everything we do, because you have goals also for 2011, the personal goals you have, that you need to still do those goals regardless of what those goals are for the glory of God. And we talked about the verses that uh, we uh, went to that told that God said that. And today we want to continue with the glory of God since it's going to be the backdrop of everything that we do in 2011. But we're going to do it a little different this today. Today we're going to talk about it from Paul's perspective, the Apostle Paul. Now, let's look and see what he says about it. In Romans, let's look in Romans, and we're going to start at the last verse, last chapter, chapter 16. Because the Apostle Paul, he wrote a lot of the New Testament, and he, of course, would have this great uh, letter to the Romans, and he wanted them to know different things, and I want to know what he thought of the glory of God. Verse 27 says, to the only wise God, so he's ending. He's ending it up now. All the 16 chapters, all the many things he said, he's ending it with, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. That's how he ended it. And uh, if you look in the original Greek, uh, that B is not really in there. Uh, and if you have maybe the King James or some uh, version, it be italicized. It's not meaning it's not there in the original Greek. So it would say, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, glory forever, which is a little different. And we we would probably said it means could mean a lot of different things, but one thing it does mean is that he deserves all the glory. Not that he needs it from us, but he deserves it because of who he is. He's God. And it also would mean that to Jesus Christ is glory forever. It's a fact. It's a fact that to Jesus the glory. It's a fact. It seems like he's worshiping at the end to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be glory forever. So we can use it as a that as a worship, as a fact. But he's ending this great dissertation, this great book uh, this great letter 
with still the word glory. Now, I wonder how many times throughout Romans he used the word glory. Just think about it. I wonder how many times he used it. How important is glory to the Apostle Paul? Let's look over in chapter 1. Let's look there. And in verse 3, it says, Concerning his son who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, really, the whole earth, the whole universe, universe, everybody knows that from Genesis to Revelation, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Do you know that? From Genesis to Revelation, it's speaking of Jesus Christ. He is the one that is going to determine in the end, judgment. He's the one. His word. He's the one. We need Jesus Christ. We need him. All the world going to know how much they need him because it says every knee going to bow, every tongue going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So he starts it off this way. And we're going to go over to verse 18. And it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, I read last week, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident with them, for God made it evident with them. They're speaking of basically the the Gentiles, are, now, now in principle, it's talking about everybody, the Jews as well as Gentiles, but he's going to talk about the Jews a little bit later on uh, the next chapter. But he's speaking here uh, basically to the, to, to, the, to the Gentiles, and he says that for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen because being understood by what was made. So they're going to be without excuse. For even though they knew God, now if he's talking to all of the Gentile world and in principle the Jews too, he's talking about everybody, who's going to be with an excuse? Who's going to have an excuse on that, on that day? No one. Because he says that everyone knew God because of what was clearly seen. They did not honor God and the King James said, glorify him as God, or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged, and I want you to remember this verse, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and a bird's. Four-footed animals, crawling creatures. Now, I would say that today, in our days and times, we don't carve out images and put it on our mantle and, and, and bow down and worship to it and pray to it. Uh, generally, we don't do that. 
You know, it's not done. We don't worship birds and stars. Nobody goes out, uh, clams on the ladder and get on their housetop and worship, you know, the moon. Nobody does that. But still, in order to apply this, we're still going to have to believe that this is true still today. We're not exempt. So who do we exchange the glory for? Have you ever looked in the mirror? Who did you see? Do you know that we exchange, usually, the glory of the incorruptible, incorruptible God for us? For us. How do we do that? Because we want our way. That's who we want. You know, we put ourselves on the throne. Come on now, unless, you, unless all of you are unlike me. We, you know, we are selfish. We want to do things our way. Now, we know that the Bible says certain things, and, and the certain things are really plain. We don't have to really know the Greek. We don't have to know the Hebrew. We don't have to know, you know, any, uh, we don't have to get into commentaries. It's plain, but yet we don't do it all the time. Is that true? Because we don't want to. Because we would prefer doing what we want to do. Come on. We really do. Now let's see, let's turn over to chapter 2. Let's see what he says of the Jews. Verse 24. For the name of God, if I I read verse 23, it says, you who boast of the law, though you're breaking of the law, do not, you do dishonor God. It says, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Who's he talking to? Talking to the Jews. He says that the name, his name is blasphemed. Of course, it's quoting from Isaiah. Because of the Jews. Of the Jews. Gentiles. They do that because of the Jews. So they have fallen short also. No one is exempt, not one single soul. Let's look at Romans 3 and look at the condition of everybody then. Because we know the Gentiles, they're not, they, they're not glorifying God. The Jews, they're not glorifying God. It says in verse 23 of chapter 3, For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. That's what it says. All. All of us. No one was born, no matter how cute they are. Reaching the status of giving God the glory that he deserves. All have fallen short. All have sinned. Now you say, well, how has everyone sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? How is that, in what way have we done that? Well, from what I've said, if you think about what I said, and I read some of the verses, in in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 23, it said that, you remember what it said? We exchanged. 
the glory of God for incorruptible images. And I said, you know, one of those is ourselves. If we exchanged it, it explains, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because we haven't given him the glory that's needed, that he deserves. So one Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 23, explains 3.23. And sometimes we look at the glory of God and we kind of value it. We say, okay, the glory of God. The glory of God. And then we say, well, how does the glory of God compare to My children, let's take my children for example. How, how does the glory of God compare to my ch- children? We value our children sometimes more than the glory of God. Do you know that? He said, no, we don't. I say, yes, you do. Because, because sometimes we, we know what the word says, but we don't do the word when it comes uh, comes out our children. Our children have learned how to master us. You know, and they start at a young age. They start when they're born. You know, if they're hungry, they cry. You know, if they need changing, they they, they cry. Uh, they cry a lot when they have need, don't they? And it doesn't change as they grow older. Uh, is that, am I right? Those who have teenagers, does it change? Yeah, it doesn't change. They have learned ways to try to get what they want. And sometimes they get exactly what they want. Sometimes we value value our mates more than we value God, God's glory. Sometimes we value our jobs more than we value the glory of God. Sometimes. Sometimes we value recreation more than we value the glory of God. And you say, well, you know, you're saying things, but I really don't see how that, that that is. Come on, yes, you do. I know you see it. Because in order for us to glorify God, we're going to have everything we do is to bring him glory. Everything we say is to bring him glory. And you know, as well as I know, that we say and do a lot of things that don't bring God glory. You know? And we do it for different reasons. Do you know that the knowledge of him, our transformation of our minds, renewing our minds, bring God's glory? You cannot act like God, talk like God, if you don't renew your mind. If I don't renew this mind, there's no way possible that I'm going to think, act, say things that God wants me to say. But we will, what we would do is say, well, you know, I'm too busy to read the word every day. I'm too busy to memorize scripture. I'm too busy to meditate on the word of God. I'm too busy to renew my mind so I can glorify God in what I say and what I do, the way I do it, my attitude. I'm too busy to do that, but yet... We say we don't 
uh, value other things more than God. And the word says that that's not true. So that's why our goal in 2011 is that we want to glorify God more, so we want to get in his word. We want to have a intimate, more of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to put aside those things that, um, let's say, takes our attention, attention away from God, away from renewing our mind. We want to determine that we are going to uh, glorify God more in what we say, where we go, what we do, our attitudes. We're going to do that. That's what we say. That's a goal. Now, now you think about it so that when you are asked how you come along with your intimacy with God, how you come along with uh, 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 reading the word. You know, we had a goal to, to read through the scripture, through the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. It doesn't matter how long it takes, but are you, are you doing that? How, how you come along with it? If you say, well, I haven't had time, I haven't done it yet, then we know that something is taking your attention. Something is taking your time. Is it your children? Is it your job? Is it recreation? What is taking this time that you can't get into the, to the word in it? Like you should. Because that's the goal, isn't it? I gave you the goal last year, last week. We're going we're gonna to get in the word. And we started uh, putting feet, foot, uh, feet leather to it because we, we said we're going to have Google groups and things like that. We're going to try to give you encouragement. And so we've started another Google group and, and things like that. So uh, people are encouraging one another to get in this word. And I, I'm excited about it myself because it's no greater thing than to encourage one another. No greater thing. Because the scripture says we should encourage one another daily. That's what it says. Let's go just a little bit further. Now, below that, he's going to be talking about salvation. But we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to go to chapter 5. Well, well let's, let's go to chapter 4, verse 19 first. Let's go there, 19 and 20. Now, knowing, and think about it now. Now, I'm trying to encourage you uh, because of our goal for 2011. And if everyone, if everyone was doing it anyway, we, we wouldn't have need for that goal. Is that correct? Do you, do you think we need to have a goal of uh, developing more intimacy with Jesus Christ, getting in his word more, renewing our mind more? Do, we, do you think we need that as a goal? Okay. Knowing that we have... <laughs> have fallen short of the glory of God, knowing that probably every week, I won't say every day, but every week, somehow we fall short of giving him the glory that he deserved with our, with our words, with our attitude, with just missing the mark, the sin, missing the mark of what the scripture says. Every week we probably do that. How is it? that we can stand before God, worship him like we did this morning, and not feel condemned and guilty and, and feel all bad about ourselves about coming to church. How can we really do that? Well, chapter 4 explains it a little bit. It says that 
It's talking about Abraham's faith here, his faith. It says that without becoming weak, in verse 19, in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. We give we can, we can stand before God without any problems because we know that what he's promised us. He's promised us that, that if we accept him as Lord and Savior, we, we, have, we have promised eternal life. Aren't we? We have promised that we are righteous in him. We have promised that we, 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 promise that we are justified. We're declared righteous as we are. How can, how can we believe that, knowing that we fall short probably every week? How can we believe that? By faith. That's how you can do it. That's the only way you can do it. That's the only way I can do it. By faith. I have to believe God. I can't believe what I see. I can't believe the way I am because I know the way I am is not the way I'm going to be. Because I know that I used to be worse. But by the grace of God, he's working sanctification in me. And I'm better today than I was last year. And I'm going to keep getting better. You're going to keep getting better. Y'all, by faith. That's the only way Abraham is going to believe that he's going he's to be the heir of, of, of all creation. How is he going to be heir and he's 100 years old? Who's, who is he going to have a child by? You know, a hundred years old, and Sarah, the deadness of her womb, she was she she couldn't have children anyway when she was young. How in the world is she gonna have a child? How can they believe it? How can they believe the promise of God except by faith? That's the only way we're gonna believe the promise of God by faith. You, you remember the stories? Come on, the whole Bible teaches us that. How could Gideon believe that he was a, a man of God, great valiant warrior? How could he believe that when he was from the, the least tribe? He was the least person in his family. He was just, he was fearful. How could he believe he's going to go save Israel as one of the judges? How could he believe that? Only by what? Faith. That's the only way. Only reason. How could, how could Mary, the mother of Jesus, believe that she's going to have a child when she's never had any relation with a man? How can she believe it? By faith. That's why the just shall live by faith. We have to. It's a faith walk. And, and I'm, I'm excited because I could get depressed if I feel like, man, every time I sin, you know, I fall short, that he's going to beat me over the head. You know, I could feel the, the, discouraged, not even want to come to church, not even want to be around people. I could. Except he has promised me that I'm going to be just like he is. Just like he is. On that day, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see him. Isn't that what the scripture says? We don't know what we're going to look like, but we know that as he is, so are we going to be. That's what the scripture says. So I said, man, I, you know, this is, this is good. This is good news to me. Good news. 
how can you, with all the things that are going wrong in society today, I don't know about you, but things, bad things happen that I don't want to happen to me and my things that God has given me. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't care if it's my car, which is leaking now, or, you know, and power steering fluid. You know, it's a bad thing, isn't it? You know, I know you say, well, nothing ever happened to my car, you know. <laughs> I have a 1927, and it's, it's running smooth just like it was when I got it. <laughs> You know, bad things just happen. I mean, things that keep going wrong, keep going wrong, keep going wrong, keep going wrong, you know. I had to bring Roto-Rooter in my house, you know, and unstop my, my drains. I mean, it was bad. It stopped up. He said, I'm, man, I haven't seen this bad in a long time. How long has it been like this? I said, about a year. I, I said, I've been trying to, you know, uh, get by with this thing. He said, man, you know, don't ever do that again. This is terrible, you know. It's terrible. And then things go wrong with your body. Come on, maybe all of y'all are healthy. Maybe y'all don't have a pimple. You know, maybe y'all are okay. <laughs> but I'm not like that. You know, I have problems. Come on. I know, I know, I know, I know you can say it, can't you, Ms. Harlow? You know, yeah, you can say it. We have problems. The older we get, the more problems we have, seem like, you know. How are we going to make it with all this stuff happening? You know, you, you, I don't even read the paper anymore. I don't get it. And I don't read the news anymore because I don't have it. Yeah. I could get it on the Internet, but I don't want to. So, you know, people say, well, people, <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Did you? Come on, how, many, how much bad stuff is happening in the world? A whole lot of bad stuff is happening. Yeah. How are we going to make it? Bad things happen to our things. Bad things are happening to us. Bad, our body, bad things are happening all around the world. You know, you can't leave your doors open at night, you know. Uh, well, some people can, but some people, most people don't probably because they don't want people to come in unwanted, you know what I'm saying, because people tend to want something that's not theirs. And so a lot of, <laughs> a lot of bad things are happening in the world. You know, what are we going to do? In chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, we can have hope because of the glory of God. And that excites me. So regardless of what happened, you know, um, whether I had the money for it, whether I don't have the money for it, I know it's going to work out all right because God has promised me that. He has said that, uh, that, that things, things work for good for those who love God. It's called according to his purpose. Didn't he say that? So I've, I figured it's going to work out because I love God. You said, well, you know, you really don't love God because you don't, you don't uh, keep his commandments. He said that, and, and you, you know, you've sinned every week sometimes. You know, you, you say something, you talk too much anyway, and, you, you know, you say these things. So, therefore... You know, it's a lot of people talk too much, isn't it? Yeah, and the scripture says that, you know, uh, in the multitude of words, the one not sin. So the ones who talk too much usually have sin. So I know I talk too much. 
I know I talk too much because my wife told me. You know, <laughs> so I know it. I know it. She and she she's right. I do. You know, I really do. I depend on her to tell me things. Don't y'all depend on your wife to tell you things? John, don't you look at me like that? You know you tell, you know you depend on your wife. You know, don't you? Don't you? Y'all have heard your mama correcting John, haven't you? Yeah, I know you have. See that? See, they, they're going to tell the truth. Children tell the truth. Yeah, there you go. God is good regardless of what happens to us, isn't he? He is good. And, and I appreciate, you know, his faithfulness to me. And anyway, I know that the Apostle Paul has gone through things just like we have gone through. And in chapter 8, 18, it says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed. Come on, my goodness gracious. How can that man say things like that? I mean, because probably nothing probably happened to Paul. See, regardless of what we are suffering today, during this present time, regardless of what it is, it cannot, it cannot be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. Wow. My goodness. My goodness. Do you know that all of creation, it says, the anxious verse 19 longing eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. And you said the daughters of God, didn't it? It says, for the creation was subject to fertility and not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Who are the children of God? We are. We are. All of creation is waiting for us to get our glorified bodies. All of creation. Because we are going to be like he is one day. We're going to be just like he is. We're going to have a glorified body. We won't have to be thinking, like in Romans uh, chapter 7, we won't have to be thinking one way, but acting another way. You know, the things we want to do, we don't do. And things that, you know, it won't be in that, that because we're going to have a glorified body. We're going to be able to do just like we're supposed to be doing, because we don't have this hindrance of this body, this flesh. That's an exciting time. And all of creation is waiting for it. Can you imagine that creation really is groaning and waiting for us for the second coming of God, Jesus Christ? He's, he's, they're waiting you know, to be set free. Be set free. I guess just like it was you know, in the Garden of Eden before Adam sinned. To be set free. No more thorns. No more thistles. Can you imagine the sweetness of the fr- fruit? It's going to be. They, they want to be set free. 
Oh, are you excited about that time? Do you look forward to that time or you just don't want you you you, you like it here on the earth? I don't like it on this earth. I, I want I want to have this new earth, new heavens. That's where I want to be. We are sojourners, aren't we? Yeah, we're sojourners. Now, if Paul had all this bad stuff happen to him, and you all know those bad things, don't you? Do you know those bad things? Yeah. It tells you some of those bad things. Um, if you read sometimes Second uh, Corinthians 11, starting in 23, he says, We are servants of Christ. I speak as if I'm insane. I, know, I, I more so in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I spent in the deep. I have been frequent uh, on journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, robbers, dangers in the, my, from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers of, by the false brethren. My goodness gracious. How many, ta- how, many, how many people have been stoned to death, drug out of the city for dead? That was dead. How, how many of you have done that? Now, this is Paul been through this stuff. We haven't been through what Paul's been through. We haven't been through. I'll be dead. I know I would. You know, because I cannot take a lot of pain, you know. I'll be dead. Shock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now, so what little something that you're going through now, this day, regardless of what it is, and I know some of you young people here think you're going through a lot because you can't, your parents won't let you do what you want to do, you know. You're not going, you haven't gone through anything. Nothing. Yeah. Be thankful that they don't take you out in the sea and leave you for a night or day. So I want you to be like Paul, you know. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's look at Romans 11. 11. Uh, Close it out here. Verse 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who have become his counselor? Or who has first given to him that he might repay him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. You know, when you're thinking about all the things that God, how he orchestrates all the things in the universe. How the, the waves come in, but they go back out. 
Oh, when you uh, go to, if you go to Virginia Baptist Hospital and, and uh, you, you see the birth of babies, you see the little babies, you say, oh, how God has worked all these things from the beginning of time. From when he says, or if he says that, you know, we're going to make man in our image. In our image, we're going to make man, male and female. And, and it, it is. Just a marvelous thing. How he's, he's shut up everybody, Jews, Gentiles, everybody, in disobedience. So that he can show mercy on everybody. Oh, the depth of the riches, both for the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And we can all say with him, with the Apostle Paul, for from him and through him and to him be glory forever. Amen. Let's stand. Paul thought a lot about the glory of God. That wasn't all he said about the glory of God. I just hit a lot of them, but it's not all. He thought a lot of the glory of God. And that's what I want us to do for 2011. Think a lot about the glory of God. Because I want us doing everything that we do, everything we say. Think about that I want God to get the glory out of what, what I say to my children. I want God to get the glory on how I treat my co-workers. I want God to get the glory how we treat each other as husband and wife. I want God to get the glory. God to get the glory. So we have to renew our minds. We have to get in this word. It has to be a priority in our lives. It can't be just opening and just putting our finger on, on, on a verse and say we'll read that today and Tomorrow we'll do it differently, opening and falls a different place. We have to systematically look at this, this Bible. This is, this is God's love letters. This is God's love letters to us. Six or six of them. Love letters. He loves us. And he says, I want you to be just like me. And I've given you an owner's manual. Does he own us? He's given us an owner's manual to tell us how to do this thing so that the enemy won't have his way with us. It would be easier if we didn't have Satan. But unfortunately, we do have a devil. And he's determined that God will not get glory out of his creation. He's determined. He's determined that he's, determined that he's not going to get glory out of my life, out of your life, out of your marriage, out of your family. He's determined that God's not going to get the glory so he's going to try to get us to do everything against God so that he will not get the glory he deserves. But I say, we are not ignorant of his devices. We're going to submit ourselves to God. We're going to resist the devil, and he will flee. I don't care what it looks like right now. Faith, it get a change. Things are subject to change at any time. Just believe. Father, 
Let's, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Your word gives us encouragement, Lord. Father, we just, we, we've seen today how that even though we fall short of your glory, Lord, that you have given us promises. And these promises are true by faith. And we believe, Father. We believe not what we see. That's not faith. We believe what we don't see. We believe that we, our life is hid with Christ in you, Father. We believe that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We believe that we are the apple of your eye. We believe that you have us in the palm of your hand. Our names are written in the palm of your hand. We believe that no one can pluck us out. We believe it, Lord. And we give you all the glory that you deserve, Lord. 